Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. Now let's listen to the Word of God. Father God, we thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful morning time that you've blessed us with. We welcome you in this place. We welcome your presence. We welcome your touch. We welcome your very awesomeness into our midst, O oh God. We know that your word says wherever two or three people, they gather in your name, when they pray together, when they worship together, when they seek you together, you come down and you manifest yourself. You come down and you fill that place, God. And right now we pray that you would come and fill this house. Lord, we have come with our own burdens. We have come with our own struggles. We have come with our own fears. We have come with our own battles. We have come with our own challenges, Lord. And, and this morning, our prayer is that you would just come and fill this place. You would just come and take over, Lord. You would just come and take over. You would just come and take over, Lord. You would just come and take over. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. Alpha Omega. You are Yahweh. Alpha Omega. Come on, church, sing with me. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. Alpha Omega. You are Yahweh. Alpha Omega. Come on, one last time. You are Yahweh, 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 Alpha, Omega, you are Yahweh. Alpha, Omega. Daddy, we believe that you are the beginning and the end. You are the author and the perfecter of our faith. You are all in all, Lord. You are in us and, and you are for us and you're with us right now, Daddy. So we just celebrate your presence in this place. We celebrate your uh, Celebrate the fact that you are with us this morning, wherever we are, whatever we are receiving from you, you are the author, you are the provider, you are the one who is giving everything to us. We thank you for speaking to us, we thank you for ministering to us, we thank you in advance for all that you're about to deposit into us this morning. We give you all praise, glory and honor, in Jesus name we pray. And somebody said an amen. Church, I want to greet you this morning. I'm sorry that I'm not in church this morning, but 
I am glad that I'm still able to minister to you. I am right now in Delhi. I'll be ministering at the church that we have here in Gurgaon and I'm praying that the same God that is going to move here is going to move there and the same God that is going to move there is also going to move here in the church in Gurgaon and I am excited to bring you this word. Uh, but before I go into the word, let me just uh, read out a testimony that I received a while ago. um this is a text message so i'm going to read it as it is hi pastor i would like to share a testimony on my mom's behalf you prayed on the 25th of august for the people who had issues relating to blood sugar and blood pressure you said that it will be healed within a week the time you prayed it was healed completely and now my mom doesn't have any dizziness no problems whatsoever blood sugars are perfectly normal there's no more sugar fluctuations now she's healed completely thank you jesus all praises to god and somebody's got to celebrate that testimony in the house this morning come on church uh give it up for jesus if he can do it then he can do it again uh this morning as you are sitting in the presence of god sit expectant for god to do something supernatural sit expectant for god to do something uh, that is above and beyond what we see and experience because god is here god is with us jesus is with us to heal us this morning you know this was the um the lifestyle of jesus that whenever he saw his people gather together whenever he saw people come together to receive from him whenever he saw that they were hungry whenever he saw that they were desperate for him the bible says he was moved with compassion let me read this scripture this is matthew chapter 14 and verse 14 onwards okay jesus the bible says he saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick jesus healing the sick was a result of the compassion that he had on the people now let me tell you this this morning wherever we are receiving from god his compassion on us is limitless his compassion his mercy his love for us is unending and and he is about to heal you he is about to deliver you he is about to do something supernatural for you this morning if only you and i we would receive it in faith we would receive it with great hunger and expectancy so let's get into the word for this morning we've been studying from this series on grace right this is the 11th uh, sermon in this series we have one more last session to go and then we finish this series and then we get into the next uh, particular uh, teaching series that we're going to start in a couple of weeks so we're going to continue reading from Matthew chapter 14 uh, verse 15 it says that evening the disciples came to him and said this is a remote place and it's already getting late send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves the disciples were telling jesus saying this is a huge crowd of people this is a big group of people right here and we don't want them to suffer with hunger hunger was a lack that these guys had they had a problem they had something that they did not have they had needs that they couldn't be met that couldn't be met in the wilderness that couldn't be met in a place where they were receiving from jesus so they came and told jesus jesus it's time for us to send these guys away 
they received spiritual food from you they received food for their hearts for their families for their minds for their souls now it's necessary that they receive food for their bodies also so let us send them away to those places where they can get food for their bodies probably a store probably their homes probably back to their villages back to their families where somebody would have prepared something for them let's send them back to their villages uh, but jesus said to them in verse 16 jesus said that isn't necessary why don't you feed them you feed them jesus looked at the disciples and said no 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 you're not going to send them away you are the one who is going to feed them in other words what jesus was telling them is hey i know the fact that they've been here with us and they are naturally hungry they're naturally lacking strength and they're naturally lacking food Uh, but i don't want them to go away to find food i want them to find food within this place you got to be the ones who will feed them now these disciples they were confused because they are like uh, we've never done this before jesus you know we've done crusades for so long we've done teaching meetings for so long we have organized healing conferences all of this but never have we done a feeding program this is not something that we are experts in this is not our natural forte this is not what we do this is not we are called to do you know they used all kinds of stuff that they could tell to convince jesus not to go for this the bible says but jesus told them no that's not necessary guys we need to be the ones to feed them in fact jesus didn't even say i will feed them jesus told the disciples saying you feed them jesus pointed the fingers back at them and said hey don't even come to me don't even go out but you got to be the ones to feed them but then they replied when jesus put the ball back into their court jesus replied uh, and told them you got to feed them and then the apostles came back the disciples came back and they said jesus but we have only five loaves of bread and two fishes um, and jesus replied to them said bring them here verse 18 and verse 19 then he told the people to sit down on the grass jesus took the five loaves and two fish looked up toward heaven and blessed them then breaking the loaves into pieces he gave them the 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 bread back to the disciples who distributed it to the people now we all know how this story ended verse 20 it says they all ate so much that they they had everything that they wanted and afterward the disciples in fact picked up 12 baskets of leftovers let's read the statistics verse 21 it says about 5000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and the children and naturally in any meeting women and children are more than men are and the least number of people in that group was the men and the men itself were 5000 so you can imagine what's the total amount of people that got fed by five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish see this is what jesus told them jesus said hey i know that this is a need that these guys have but everything that these guys need it's not just the financial things it's not just the spiritual things it's not just the emotional needs it's not just uh the needs relating to their 
health it's not only the needs that are relating to their um spiritual life that i'm here to meet i'm here to meet every single one of their needs and the answer to all the problems that they have all the struggles and challenges that they have is here right here in the church we need to be the ones to feed them that's what jesus told them now as we go further you know we we see this whole heartbeat of jesus that jesus said hey you bring whatever little that you have the little that you uh, are you know you think that is not sufficient for you sufficient for this huge group you bring it to me what i'm going to do in my grace what i'm going to do in my mercy what i'm going to do in my providence over you is that i am going to multiply this bread i am going to multiply this fish i'm going to take this little that you have right now in your hands and i'm going to make it so huge that this will be enough to feed an entire generation of people that i'm going to take the minimum that you're able to give me the little that you're able to give me and i'm going to take it and turn it around i will i'm going to add my grace to it i'm going to multiply it in my hands and i'm going to make it so big that thousands of people can be fed by this thousands of people can be uh, receptives uh, they can receive and they can uh, you know go to the next level because of what god has put on the inside of you so this morning what i'm teaching you about is what god has already given you you know so many times when we come into the presence of god we are here asking god to give us something more something different but this morning i want to let you know that god has already deposited everything that we need to survive in this life everything that we need to live our life strong everything that we need to live our life to its fullest potential god has already given it to us let's read the foundational verse for this series this is philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 this is what the bible says for god is working in you what is he doing he is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him that's what god is doing with us god is depositing in us god is creating in us the desire and the power to do what pleases him so often we would pray and ask the lord saying god why don't you just um come and fix our roads why don't you just come and you know take care of my family why don't you just come and take care of my church but god is saying no my answer my way of working is that i am going to work in you i'm going to put in you the desire and the ability and i'm going to work in you i have already deposited in you i have already given you everything that it takes for you to feed this generation everything that it takes for you to serve the purposes of god in this generation and that for me is grace because god says it is not based on how much food you have gathered it is not based on how much work you have done it is not based on how much prayerful you are and how anointed you are and how capable you are it's just based on this one thing what do you already have what is it that is already there in your spirit 
what do you already possess within you god says bring it to me because i am going to work on it i'm going to work in you and i'm going to keep adding to you with giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him so let's uh, go to the scripture for this morning this is second peter chapter 1 in fact we're going to read about 11 verses from this particular chapter the first 11 verses of second peter chapter 1 the bible says this letter is from simon peter we all know who is simon peter he was one of the first disciples of jesus it says this letter is from simon peter a slave an apostle of jesus christ he is saying this is my identity i am a slave and i am an apostle of jesus christ i am writing to you who share the same precious faith that we have this faith was given to you come on scream it out with me given to you it says this faith was given to you because of the justice and the fairness of jesus christ our god and savior what peter is saying is hey you and i we share a faith and this faith is not something that we cultivated it is not something that we made up in ourselves this is a faith that was given to us you know nothing that we have in our lives is something that we have on our own it's something that we have received from god when we acknowledge this when we understand this is when we will begin to value and understand what grace really is grace is not you saying i am going to do this these 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 things for god grace is saying god is doing these 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 things in me for me and through me and what is the bible say it says this faith was given to you by god uh, why because of the justice and the fairness of jesus christ when jesus died for us on the cross he did not just die for one particular people group he did not die for one particular religious group he died for everybody and that was the justice and the fairness of jesus christ for each and every one of us and the bible says because of that that faith was given to us let's go to verse 2 verse 2 it says may god give you more and more of his grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of god jesus our lord so what did what is god already given you god has already given you the faith required to walk with god but as you use that faith to grow in your understanding of god as you use that faith to grow in the knowledge of god as you use that faith to read the word of god as you use that faith to pray as you use that faith to pursue after god the bible says he will give you more and more of his grace and peace so there is a way to increase to steward and increase what has already been given to us see if this boy who brought the lunch you know in matthew chapter 14 if this boy who brought this lunch if he would have just hidden it to himself then it would not have been of any use for the rest of those thousands of people that were there but because this boy was willing to bring this uh five loaves and two fish that was in his hand he was willing to bring it to god he was willing to be a good steward of those 
uh, five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. Because he was a good steward, the Bible says that God will multiply the little that you bring to him. That's what it says in verse 2. It says, may God give you more and more grace, more and more peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus uh, our Lord. Verse 3, it says, by his divine power, come on, this is going to be the verse that we're going to hang upon for the rest of this morning's conversation. Verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I know the verses are coming on the screen in the church, so read it out with me once again. Let's read verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. What the Bible is saying is, hey, we have received everything. Somebody say everything. We have received every single thing that we need to live our life to its fullest potential. It doesn't say that we will receive more at a later stage. In fact, God has given us everything that required, every little thing that we need to walk with him, every little thing that we need to Trust in him. Every little thing that we need to experience him in a deeper way, he has already given it to us. That's what it says in his divine power. This doesn't seem like a good business transaction. You know, a wise employer would never pay the wages ahead of time. He would wait and watch your performance. He would wait and watch how well you work how uh, patiently you work, how calmly you work, how uh, much on time you are on a daily basis, how much is your productivity. He will check your results and based on that, he will award you or he will reward you. But the, the grace of God is not, it doesn't work like that. The Bible says he gives us ahead of time. He gives us everything that we need, everything that we have it he gives us ahead of time it says in verse 3 by his divine power he has given us everything 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 that we need to live a godly life everything that we need to serve god and it says in verse 4 and because of his glory and excellence he has given us great and precious promises these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires now the the first thing now we're going to try and understand what is this everything that god has given us the first thing that we read about is that god has given us the faith right and then we see how god is giving us more and more grace and peace as we grow in the knowledge of him now it says this everything includes the promises that he has given us Precious promises. It says these precious promises, what do they do to us? They enable us to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Now, when we remain detached to the promises that he has already given us, 
See, let me explain this to you. It's not that, you know, God has not given us these promises. It's not that God has not given us the grace. It's not that God has not given us everything that it takes. It's that we are unaware of what God has given us. That is why it says the world's corruption gets on into us. But the more that we are aware, our mind is renewed and, and we are aware of what God has kept in store for us. We are aware of what God has already given us. We are aware of the precious promises that he has deposited into our spirit, precious promises that he has uh, given us. It says we will be kept free from all kinds of corruption that can be caused by the world around us. In view of this, so he's giving us a list of things that God has given us. What are the things that God has given us? Faith, he's given us grace and, uh, and he has given us peace. And then it says in verse 3 that he has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And then it says in verse 4 that he has given us great and precious promises. And then it says uh, in verse 5, because he has already given us all these things, uh, it says, you have to make every effort to respond now to these gifts, to these providences that has been made towards you in grace. Because God has already given us, because he has already loved us, how do we love him? Why do we love him? The Bible says we love because he loved us first. Now, why do we give to God? You know, when we put our offerings, when we give our tithes, when we give sacrificial offerings, why do we give to God? It's not because when we give to God, we receive something back, although that is also true. The reason we give to God is because God first gave to us. This is the way we respond back to God. So let's go to verse 5. This is what it says in verse 5. It says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge, verse 6, it says, knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is Apostle Peter trying to tell us? He's saying, hey, these are the things that God has already given you. God has given you faith. God has given you uh, grace. He has given you peace. He has given you everything you need to live a godly life. He's given you these great and precious promises. And because he has given you all these things, I want you to now supplement this faith with moral excellence. Supplement moral excellence with knowledge. Supplement knowledge with self-control. And let that self-control be supplemented with patient endurance. And with that, add some godliness. And with that, add some brotherly affection. And with that, add some love for everyone. And then it says that the more you grow like this, you will become a fruitful person. You will become a productive person. You will become useful for the Lord because of your growth, because of your character, because of your understanding. Verse 9, it says, But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted, 
or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Verse 10, it says, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Uh, in fact, what Peter is telling us is this, that these are the things that God has already freely given us, provided for us in his grace. And because these are the provisions made under grace, this is how you need to respond to it. You need to live this kind of a lifestyle. You need to add to it moral excellence and godliness and patience and brotherly affection. And when you do this, you become uh, somebody who has a vision. You are able to live uh, you know, with a perspective that you're going long, you're going to be productive, you're going to be um, helpful in a, in a long way. And it says, work hard to prove that you really are who you think you are. And, and it says in verse 11, when you do this, it says, then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, what God says is, hey, when you live like this, not only is your salvation sure, but also the fact that when you get saved, when you reach heaven, when you, you know, graduate from this life to the next, there will be a grand welcome there. There will be a grand entrance there for you and for me. That's what the Bible says. Now, this morning, what I want to focus on is these things that God, the Bible says he has already given us, the providence that he has already made for us. Those are the things that I want to focus on this morning. It says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20, that we know that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and He is eternal life. What it says is that because God gave us understanding, He has given us understanding, if God would not have given us understanding, it would have been extremely hard for us to understand who God is. It would have been very hard for us to experience God because he has given us understanding. Now we can have fellowship with God. You know, you know sometimes if you speak to somebody who don't understand your language, right, it's very hard for you to have a real relationship with that person. Uh, it's very uh, much of a tiring process trying to explain yourself every single time try to uh, you know use a translator in between and try to use all kinds of mediums to try to communicate with this person but God says that he has given us understanding of who he is that made it easy for us to have a relationship with him and then it says in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you, come on, read it with me, okay? They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. So not only have you been given understanding, you have also been given wisdom because of which you can receive the salvation which has been given to you and me in Jesus Christ. See, the more we understand this, the more we acknowledge this, the more we will fall in love with Jesus. We will know that we did not get saved because we wanted to get saved. 
we did not get saved because we did something better than somebody else we did not get saved because we are more special or anything like that it's just because god has given us his understanding it's because god has given us the faith it's because god has given us the wisdom it's because god has made a way for us let's read philippians chapter 1 and verse 29 okay we are reading all the things that god has given us right it says in philippians 1:29 it says for you have been given the privilege of trusting in christ it's in other words uh, he says you've been given faith you've been given grace peace all the things required to walk a godly life you've been given these promises you've been given uh, you know in the last verse we read understanding and wisdom now it says in philippians that you've been given the privilege of trusting in christ it's a privilege that god has given us but it's not just the privilege of trusting in god it says and also the privilege of suffering for him in other words as you follow him as you stand up for him as you proclaim him to be true the one true living god there will be people who will oppose you there will be people that will spit on you there will be people that will reject you there will be people that will make you suffer because you are standing up for the true things of god and the bible says that it is a privilege that you and i have to suffer for jesus when people reject us because of our love for god i, I mean if people are people are uh rejecting you if you're suffering because of your own foolishness that's a different thing if you're suffering because of um you know unwanted expenses that you made on your credit card don't put that on god by saying i'm suffering for jesus that's not suffering for jesus that's just um really bad choices that brought us there but here it talks about the privilege of suffering for him that when we stand up in our belief system that when we stand up for the truth this there is a suffering that comes with him the bible says god has given us this privilege and ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7 the bible says by god's grace and mighty power i have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news now look at the order okay first he has given us faith grace mercy promises understanding wisdom all of this and now it says now he has given us the privilege of trusting him privilege of suffering for him and the privilege of serving him how do we serve him we serve him by spreading the good news now he did not leave us to do this by ourselves you know if we have to be active witnesses of jesus christ then you and i we have to have the spirit's enabling power in us so what did he do he gave us the holy spirit first john chapter 4 and verse 13 come on every time you see the word given on the screen i want you to scream it out i want you to scream i receive every time i release this over you just receive and say i receive this first john chapter 4 verse 13 and god has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us isn't that amazing god is saying not only have i given you this understanding this privilege this wisdom i have also given you my spirit as proof that i live in you and that you live in me isn't that amazing now this spirit has a special capability that wherever the spirit comes there is great amount of freedom there is great amount of liberty that comes because we have received the holy spirit 
Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 it says for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self discipline in other words when you received the holy spirit you also received power you also received a love you also received self discipline now i understand the power and the self discipline aspect but there's something that we don't want to practice so often is uh, is love we like the power because it brings us a lot of facebook likes and brings us a lot of crowd and everything we like the self discipline because we can boast about you know how much we pray how much we you know worship how much we have sacrificed all of that but what we don't really focus on is this area of love when the holy spirit comes upon you he will give you an extraordinary ability to love that's a sign that you are filled in the presence of the holy spirit if you can speak in tongues and if you can fast 40 days uh, that's not necessarily a proof that you are filled in the holy spirit the primary proof is that you will have the fruit of the spirit you will be able to love let me read romans chapter 5 and verse 5 and it says this hope it will not lead us to disappointment for we know how dearly god loves us because he has given us the holy spirit to fill our hearts with love he has not given us the holy spirit so that we can just have fun so that we can just move in power now power is a very significant aspect of the christian church we need power self discipline is a very important aspect we need self discipline we need all of that but that's not it we need more we need to be filled with love the bible says in colossians chapter 1 and verse 8 he has told us about the love for others that the holy spirit has given you man i pray that today as you receive all these precious things that grace has made a way for you and me to receive but one of the most important things that you will receive is this love for others the holy spirit is depositing in, inside of you for some of you it may be love that you need more for some of you it may be power that you need more some of you it may be self discipline that you need more but whatever it is the holy spirit is here he's been given to you already and because he has been given to you already he is depositing in you and he is manifesting in you he is working in you he is giving you the desire he is manifesting that power and that self discipline and that love somebody scream i receive first peter chapter 4 and verse 10 now when the holy spirit comes he comes with a lot of gifts Uh, power love and self discipline are literal physical manifestations of those of the presence of the holy spirit but he also comes with a lot of gifts first peter 4 verse 10 says god has given each of you not some of you not the elite ones of you not the ones that pray a lot and who are in full time ministry no not just those people but each of you god has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts what should we do with it it says you have to use them well to serve one another not to serve your own purposes not to make yourself famous but to serve one another it says use them well to serve one another each of you he has given a gift for each of you he has given a gift from his 
great variety of spiritual gifts. Now, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, it says, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. You know that our Jesus, our Christ, He is extremely generous. And this morning, He has given each and every one of us that are present here in church, He has given us a generous gift. He, from His generosity, He has given us a very unique gift very special gift every time you walk into his presence you have to understand not that he will give not that in the day when you go to heaven you will receive but he has already given i'm talking about the things that grace has already made provisions for in our lives and, and these are some of the things first corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other we read about all the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 16. We read about, you know, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of faith. Uh, so many amazing anointed gifts of the Holy Spirit that has already been given to us. Is, uh, is there anybody in this place who has faith to receive this? Is there anybody here in this place who is hungry to just claim it and to just activate it and just say, God, I I believe that I have this. I believe that I have already received it. You know, uh, it's a different thing when we come to God for something that we don't have yet. And then we say, God, do this for us. But it's a different thing when we come to him and say, God, I know that I already have this. Teach me how to manifest this. Teach me how to bring this out. I know that inside of me is everything that I need to live happy everything that I need to live godly, everything that I need to live for Jesus, help me to manifest this, help me to bring this out. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 that God has given us a task. What is this task that God has given us? Uh, with all these spiritual giftings and abilities that God has given us, He's also given us some responsibilities. We have to realize that every resource that God will give you, He will also give you a responsibility. And for every responsibility that He gives you, He will also give you the resource for that responsibility. He will also provide with that particular responsibility the resources, the provisions, right? It says He has given us this task of reconciling people to God. That's the ministry that he has entrusted us with. Jump to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. Your ministry is not a gift that you give to God. Your ministry is something that God has given you. Each and every one of us, we have been given a task, an assignment, we have been given a ministry, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 5. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 25, it says, God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. You remember we read about the privilege of serving God by telling everybody the good news. Now here he says, hey, now he is with this privilege it's also a responsibility. He says he has given me the responsibility of serving the church by proclaiming his entire message to you. Not half message, not 50%, not 
70% but his entire 100% message he has given me this responsibility and then the bible says he has given us 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 because he has given you this responsibility he has also given us the strength to do this work that has been given to us uh, let's read this out i thank jesus christ our lord who has given me strength to do his work he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him this is what god has given us not only the ability not only the uh, ministry not only the uh, you know the outward uh, thing of responsibility and serving people and all but he has also given me strength on my inside he has put strength inside me so that i can do this work to which he has uh, considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him he has given me the strength now Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 very beautiful verse we all know this verse it says and the same god who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus he doesn't say that he will give it to us it says it has been given to us in Christ Jesus uh, so in other words when we come to Jesus we don't ask him for money we don't ask him for provisions we thank him for the provisions and for the money that he has already given to us when we are thankful when we say god i thank you for the new ways that you've made for me i thank you for the new doors that you've opening up for me in this season i thank you for everything that you have released for me in this season man i'm telling you that's more scriptural to more pray like that than to pray saying god i really wish you would do something for me he has already done it Uh, begin to thank him for what he has already given you second corinthians chapter 10 verse 8 here it gets a little interesting it says i may seem to be boasting too much about the authority that has been given to us by the lord check this out paul says i have been given authority we have been given an authority by god it says by but our authority it is to build you up it doesn't tear you down so i will not be ashamed of using my authority paul was exercising his authority as a spiritual father over the corinthian church movement and he is saying hey with this authority i am going to build you up i'm going to take you up to the next level second uh, corinthians 10:13 it says we will not boast about things done outside our area of authority we will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work that god has given us each includes our work which includes our work uh, with you in other words what he is saying is hey you know what this church it has been given to me this boundaries that god has given the four walls of this church it has been given to me apostle paul says so i have authority in the four walls of this corinthian church i have authority i can exercise authority that's what he says uh, if we go for further second corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 it says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort that god has given us in other words what paul says is hey god gave us comfort god has already given us comfort 
even before we go through a problem, before we go through a struggle, a challenge, He's already given us the grace, He's already given us the comfort to go through that particular struggle. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 16, I pray that somebody would receive this, okay? It says, but thank God, He has given Titus the same enthusiasm for you that I have. Uh, so I'm, 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 praying, I'm praying this over you guys this morning that you will have the same enthusiasm for the things of God that I have. That you will have the same enthusiasm for the things of God that your leaders, your parents, your, your mentors have. That you will have the same enthusiasm. You know, even, those en even that enthusiasm, that excitement, that natural joy, that thrill that comes from serving God, even that enthusiasm has to come from God. You know, we, we produce nothing out of ourselves. We receive this from God. I'm talking this morning about providence that grace has made for us. And it says that the enthusiasm that this Titus had for the church, even that enthusiasm was given by God. Okay, let me surprise you with this, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity. In other words, my sincerity is given by God. My holiness is given by God. Uh, and let's, let's jump to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 8. It says, now this is talking about the church. It's talking about the bride, okay? It says, this bride, this church, this new Jerusalem, she has been given, everybody say given, she has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. Now what is this pure, light, uh, pure white linen that she's wearing? Read the next line. It says, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. So in other words, what uh, God is saying is these good deeds that the church is supposed to do, is been doing, has been committed to doing, that has been given to them. Their holiness is given to them. Their sincerity is given to them. Amen. So if whatever we don't have this morning, we can go to God and say, God, I, I know that these are things that you have already given to me. I pray that you would give me the grace to begin to manifest it. And this is not given because we are perfect. This is not given because we have received, uh, you know, or we've reached the goal and we have done it well and we have, we have, uh, achieved anything in life. This is all given to us because of His grace. Let's pick it up from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17. It says, If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment, but I have no choice, for God has given me this sacred trust. The Bible says that He has given us His sacred trust. He has given us his trust. You know, you don't necessarily trust people before they prove themselves to you, right? Like, you don't get married to anybody just because they look cute. You prove, you wait for proof that this person is trustworthy. You wait for them to prove themselves to you that this person is somebody that, uh, you know, deserves my lifetime's commitment. But the Bible says God works the other way. It says he has given me his sacred trust ahead of time before I can even prove to him that I am up for this. He has given me his sacred trust. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. 
This is amazing. Let's read this together. Come on, the entire church. Let's read this out together, okay? For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? The next statement, loudly. What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? Paul is writing about this church, is writing to this church who is boasting about uh, somebody that they have and somebody that they, others don't have and access and influence and he's saying, I have this, I don't have this, you have this. You, these guys are making judgments on these people. And then Paul says, hey, what is it that we have not received it from God? And if we have received it from God, isn't it a gift that we have received from God? And if it is a gift, then why is it that we are boasting about this gift? Why is it that we are uh, not willing to just be thankful and be grateful for these things that God has given us? Why is it that we are instead just, you know, just making judgmental statements on others saying, uh, as if you reached where you reached and you did what you did by your own strength. Come on, let's read that once again. First Corinthians 4, 7, it says, For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? What do we have that God hasn't already given us? I'll finish with two more scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. Come on, read it out together. Now there is a, I have read out so many things that the Holy Spirit has already given us, right? But there are other things that it's not even mentioned in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit can reveal it to us. Uh, let's read this together. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit. We have received God's Spirit so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Not the things that God will give us, but God has freely already given us it says we have received God's spirit so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us so this morning I pray that as you speak in tongues as you worship as you receive from the presence of God the Holy Spirit will enlighten your mind enlighten your understanding open up your areas of wisdom to understand everything that God has freely given us the wonderful things that God has freely given us the last verse for today okay second corinthians chapter 9 and verse 14 bible says and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace god has given to you last but not the least it says there is an overflowing grace that god has already given to you wow i am i am so full in my spirit with all the things that God has given us. Can I just quickly run through everything that God has given us? Let's begin right at, you know, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, He has given us the desire and the power. Then we go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and it says, He has given us faith. Then it says, He is, he is giving us grace and peace. Then it says in verse 3 that He has given us everything required to live a godly life. Then it says in verse 4 that, he has given us these great and precious promises and then it's, it's an encouragement to supplement what God has given us with moral excellence and, and, and faith and knowledge 
and then it goes on to say that when we live like this he will give us a a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ first john chapter 5 it says he has given us understanding and then it says he has given us wisdom to receive jesus then it says in philippians 1 that he has given us the privilege of trusting in jesus and this privilege of suffering for jesus then it says in ephesians 3 that he has given us the privilege of serving him uh, by spreading the good news first john chapter 4 verse 13 it says god has given us his spirit so that we have this proof that he is living in us and we are living in him and because of the spirit we have been given power love and self discipline and and what did what did the holy spirit do he filled our hearts with his love love for one another colossians 1 verse 8 then it says that he has given each and every one of us a special gift according to his generosity uh, it says there is a spiritual gift that has been given to each and every one of us then it says that because of the this gifts that has been given to us he's also given us a task what is this task it's a task of reconciling everybody back to god and this is in fact the ministry that not that we have given to god but that god has given to us and it says this ministry is also a responsibility he has given us a responsibility colossians chapter 1 then it says that he has given us strength in first timothy chapter 1 and then philippians 4 verse 19 it says he has given us his glorious riches Uh, which will provide for every particular uh, specific need that we have he has given us this glorious riches then we read in second corinthians chapter 10 how he has given us authority uh, over everything that we need to do all over the ministry over the people over the circumstances that we are in he has given us authority and then and we see how he has given us comfort and he has given us enthusiasm he has given us holiness and sincerity he has given us pure white linen dress that we will receive when we stand before god he has already given us it says in first corinthians chapter 9 he says he has given us a sacred trust and then we read this verse it says what do we have that god has not already given us even if it's and if it's something that's given to us then it's a gift then we cannot boast about it we have to just be thankful and then it says the the holy spirit he reveals everything every beautiful and wonderful thing that god has already freely given us and then we have this overflowing grace that god has given us now how are we going to respond to what god has already given us how are we going to worship him this morning how are we going to celebrate him this morning how are we going to thank him this morning how are we going to give him every thing in us we don't give because we want something from him we give because he has already given to us so over to the worship team my heart is with you guys i'm praying for you guys from here our church in gurgaon is going to be praying for you guys to take a moment to pray for the church here in gurgaon and we are in different places but we are connected in the spirit realm come on let's stand up in the presence of god and let's give him all the praise and the glory and the honor that he deserves father in the name of jesus i bless my church i bless my family from here in gurgaon and i and i release your grace and your peace and your love and your affection upon our church 
I pray that everybody that lacks that love, I pray that you would just embrace them. Everybody that re requires that touch from your presence, they will receive that today, Daddy. And you would give them that revelation, that understanding, that wisdom of what you have already given us, Lord. We will receive it by faith in the Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for everything that you're revealing to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. We hope you were refreshed and strengthened by the Word of God. If you want to know more about God or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share, do connect with us at dreamingrevival.com. Be our guest for one of our services here at Bangalore Revival Center on Saturdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 11 a.m.